time to check in with Claire Newell. Good afternoon to you. Hi there, Jill. I'm guessing I feel a lot better than you do. You sound like you've got a bad cold. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I feel fine. I just, oh. my voice is taking its uh, sweet time coming back to full strength. So, oh, yes, I'm, I'm not uh, infecting people or anything like that. I am fine. But, yeah, I don't, I don't sound 100%, but that's okay. Well, um, let me do some talking because let me tell you, there's a lot of travel news coming down the pipe since, since even the stuff I sent you yesterday. Yes. Yeah, let's start. So we've got some ch- uh, Canada Jet lines uh, late to breaking news. Yeah, so this is really interesting. And you and I have talked about the fact that there have been four carriers that have really come out since the pandemic um, doing domestic flights. Canada Jetlines, Porter, Lynx, Flair, and that some of them have brought on new routes. They've reduced routes and, and everyone's just trying to capture their market share. Well, um, Canada Jetlines, they actually paused their domestic routes. They're going to be focusing on sun destinations and leasing out some aircraft, which is actually normal practice. Um, but they, in the, in the whole soap of this, uh, the Canadian carrier, which launched in fall of 2022, a lot of people will remember them. There were some super cheap deals in the market between Vancouver and Toronto. Well, they've quietly suspended it's twice weekly uh, return trips between Toronto and Vancouver, as well as Toronto and Calgary. They've said it's coming back, uh, but they had the opportunity to to lease some aircraft. And, you know, that, like I said, that's normal practice and it may make sense for them. It's kind of guaranteed revenue, guaranteed hours for the aircraft. So from a business perspective, it makes sense. Um, but the, supposedly these leases will be over by the fall and then they'll resume those domestic routes but honestly we'll wait and see and i'll keep you posted on that jill all right and uh, some london airport news as well yeah so i've been watching this like a hawk and you know my fingers and toes are crossed that this type of technology will land here in vancouver soon um but london city airport has just introduced new ct scanners uh basically what these CT scanners do is that they allow uh, anyone going through London City Airport now to drop the ban on liquids over 100 mils, which has always been a bit of a nuisance. It's been going on for like decades now, Um, but passengers can now bring up to two liters of liquid on board with them, and they no longer will need to remove liquids, laptops, other electronics at the security check. So this is the second airport in the UK to adopt these new scanners, and the British government has actually set a June 2024 deadline for most airports in the UK to actually use these new CT scanners. So I would love one day for more money to go into technology than into staff for as far as our security here in Canada. It would be nice to uh, to have it uniform because I'm sure you notice this as well, that depending on the airport, uh, sometimes you have to take your shoes off. Sometimes they pay attention to the liquids. You can put it in your own plastic bag or they're a real stickler and you have to put it in their plastic bag. It doesn't seem like everyone's on the same page. No, and that is the absolute key in the messaging here. While, you know, London City Airport and another little airport in the UK is doing this, the vast majority aren't yet. They're kind of test airports. So pack all of your your 100 mil little tiny containers into one clear zip top, one liter bag. So about the size of a medium freezer bag. Uh, anytime you're traveling, just to be safe. Otherwise, you risk the stuff being confiscated. 
All right. Uh, interesting. Interesting things happening there. Let's talk about loyalty programs and uh, some good news if you were worried about your points expiring. Yeah, so this is good news. Um, Air Canada, throughout the pandemic, they kept pushing back their expiry date. So they've done it again. So Air Canada's Aeroplan Loyalty Program, they've pushed back the date that unused points are going to expire. And this time, not until next year, September 30th of 2024. So that means between now and that date, any points that would have expired, they won't. But as of September 30th, 2024, the program's normal expiration policy will once again apply. And what that means is that points are going to expire if an eligible transaction has not been completed prior to this date. So just to give you an idea, you know, people think that you have to actually buy uh, or travel with Air Canada, like buy a trip or another Star Alliance airline. Not the case. You can actually, like a simple cup of coffee at one of the aeroplanes, highest profile partnerships, which is Starbucks, will do the trick. So just make sure if you haven't gone in and used your points um, that you maybe redeem maybe for a Starbucks. <laughs> All right. That's uh, good to keep that in mind. All right. What else is happening? We're seeing more and more people coming back to traveling. The numbers are at least showing some increases in traffic. Yeah, I've been looking at um, IATA, which is the International Air Transport Association. Their reports, um, kind of a bit delayed, but they're reporting continued strong growth in air travel demand. And this is based on its February 2023 traffic results. Like I say, it's it's delayed. But the total traffic in February of this year rose 55.5% compared to last February. And globally, traffic is now at almost 85% of February 2019 level, so pre-pandemic. So we're getting there. There's still certain destinations worldwide that you know have been really slow to open and there's not a lot of traffic to those destinations yet, but it's really getting getting there. The demand is just so high and that's why the prices are so so crazy. Right, because we're not uh, not seeing a huge decrease when uh, looking no. at those prices as well. Um, what about uh, as well Canada or how how Canada's kind of faring when it goes to the the getting back to travel? You know, it's 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 getting there. It's still behind. So, um, tourism spending in Canada it did continue to grow last year, obviously, but it still remained well below pre-pandemic levels. And Stats Canada is reporting this. So for the full year, tourism spending increased 45% to four, well to $74.38 billion as domestic and international travel bounced back um, once the COVID restrictions lifted. But that figure still sits more than a fifth below 2019 tourism spending levels, which neared 95 billion hmm. so still a, still some ways to go and i think that you know every every month we'll start to to see things rebound more and we're coming up to the the summer months and in canada that's really high season for for our tourism industry all right we don't often talk about april being autism awareness month as something to do with travel but this is a really cool program that one of the resorts is doing yeah, you know, it's it's about time um, that we saw some some of the travel companies start to make autism programs part of their their expanded programs. So Beaches Resort has expanded its autism program with the release of 
all new sensory guides. So depending on where you're going in the public areas, whether that's pools or dining spaces or sports hubs, they're going to be rated on a scale of one to 10 of sensory, uh, sensory stimulation. And the other organization that just came out that they're going to be doing this as well will be Legoland. And they're going to be building up their autism-friendly options by certifying their U.S. parks, which is really great to see. And I think these sensory guides are really important for families who are dealing with this. Yeah, because you, you probably wouldn't think about it unless you are dealing with it uh, right in your family. But it would be a huge, huge obstacle and make it very difficult. Yeah, exactly. And that's why these are so, so important. So check with the the resorts that you happen to be going if you're you're dealing with this type of situation. And it'll just give the caregivers plus the guests with cognitive disabilities just a more comfortable situation. And they'll be able to navigate whether that's a resort or a theme park. But more and more uh, companies are coming to the table with this. Uh, let's talk as well about Machu Picchu, because we talked about this earlier that it was kind of a victim of its own success, but there's been a bit of a development there. Yeah, so you might remember that it was actually closed for a little bit of time because of some um, some unrest, and it, it did reopen. But, you know, there are over a million visitors annually to Machu Picchu, and there's the, the size of it is really vast. So there's 25,000 miles of Inca main road to explore, but most go on the Inca Trail. And because of that, there's only a certain number of passes that are given. So no more than 500 people can be on the paths each day. And they almost always sell out, Jill. So what's happened is that they're planning to expand this and some uh, tour operators are working to build new routes that people can take. Uh, one of them is a company called Intrepid and they're, they've got a new expedition where they're calling it Trek the Great Inca Road. So it's an alternative route to the Inca Trail. And I think this is great because it allow um, a much more sustainable development of that area and allow the tourism to grow without ruining certain sections of that ancient highway, but also helps different communities in that area. So, the, you know, the, the communities that are part of the Inca Trail, they see tourists and people are buying their, their wares and um, spending money with the local people there. But now it'll, it'll just open up so much more. And it's about time. This is uh, obviously a really, really popular destination. So it's great to see this. Yeah, definitely. Um, and while we're on the topic of going to uh, exotic and beautiful places, uh, I this is an important one. It might seem a little bit odd and out there, but we've talked about this before, the importance of knowing the rules when you travel somewhere. <laughs> uh, facing deportation after a nude photo no, what happened? What the heck? Uh, yeah, CNN reported this. I'm just like, oh, yeah, a tourist could be deported from Indonesia. He posted a semi-nude photo of himself in Bali, um, basically from the waist down on a sacred volcano. Total no-no. Um, and it's really important to know things whenever you're going to a destination because things that may be okay here might not be where you happen to be traveling. You can always visit travel.gc.ca to find out basic laws, things to avoid doing, um, and also how to respect a destination's culture. So in Bali, not only did they ban foreign uh, foreigners from doing this type of thing, uh, but also renting motorbikes, which doesn't seem like a big thing. And also um, from um, making sure, well, they actually require proper visas for international visitors planning to work from the island. And that's a move to in, that will hopefully 
go after people who are digital nomads, who are living and working remotely there. So just I'm going to throw out there a, a, a couple of things that you might not realize, but like in Japan, for example, over-the-counter allergy and sinus medication that contains pseudofedrin, um, like VIX inhalers and pseudofed are completely banned in Japan. You'll get into all sorts of trouble if you take that type of thing. Like you can't wear high heels in historical parts of Greece. You can't um, use water guns in Cambodia. You can't deface currency in Thailand. It's illegal um, because it has the likeness of the Thai royal family on it. And so you could land it in jail. You can't chew gum in Singapore. It's been illegal since 1992 because it causes damage to the public transit system. There are so many things like feeding the pigeon population in Venice, in the Piazza San Marco. It's actually illegal and you can get a big, huge fat fine um, for doing that. So just make sure you know before you go. No, That's a, all. That's the moral of that story. It's that a very good <laughs> lesson indeed. All right, let's get people traveling. What deals do you have? Oh, geez. I'm going to give you the seven-night Alaska cruise. So um, this one has to be booked by April 7th. It actually, they gave us an extension on this. It was supposed to be the end of March, but it has been so popular. May the 14th, they still have room. Seven-night cruise, round trip from Vancouver in an ocean view cabin, 479 taxes of 326. A really fun deal to, uh, it's actually not just to uh, the island of Oahu, but also to Maui. Um, you can actually, if you make a booking in April with one company, it's Air Canada Vacations, you get entered into a draw to win 2000 bucks towards your trip. So hmm. this is the deal that I thought I would share because it's pretty good. Uh, April, uh, no, Air and Seven Nights Hotel, September 26th through until November 28th. So getting into the fall, $7.99. Taxes of $4.51. Um, so you might want to consider that. And then uh, a cool thing to Puerto Vallarta, July 18th through until September 26th. The deal including airfare and seven nights in a four-star beachfront all-inclusive resort is $7.99. Taxes Six twenty-six, but it comes with a bonus $100 future travel credit as well. Ooh, very nice. And why don't we throw in the long stay one as well? Oh, yeah, I love this deal. For any snowbirds out there, probably the most popular uh, snowbird getaway just simply because of the value. This is a long stay to the Costa del Sol region of southern Spain, October 29th. It's the airfare 20 nights accommodation and transfers $17.99 taxes of 8.30. And all the details, if you missed any of that, because I know it's a lot of information, is at TravelBestBets.com. All right. Sounds good. Claire, thank you so much. Thanks, Jill.